Psalm 58. Lord, let us behold wondrous things out of your law this morning. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. So first, let's divide this psalm up into sections. The sections that I have chosen are verses 1 through 5, where David um, accuses the wicked of their wickedness. Then verses 6 through 8, where he asks the Lord to judge the wicked. And then verses 9 through 11, where he prophesies of the wicked's swift and terrible destruction by the Lord. So I'll go through the psalm verse by verse and hopefully focus on verses 9 through 11. Verse 1. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? The enemies of David were numerous and strong. David throughout his life fought the Philistines, Saul, Absalom, Abner, etc. I'm not certain which enemies he is addressing in this particular psalm, but by the use of the word congregation, I assume they were numerous. Often groups of wicked persons will uh, team up against righteous, against the righteous. They think that if they say something or do something loud enough and long enough, it will become truth and righteousness. David asks his enemies, do you think you're doing right just because, uh, doing right in persecuting me, just because you're in great numbers? Don't be afraid of your enemies, even if they outnumber you. The Lord can and will protect you from them. He will overturn their counsel. Verse 2, yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. Wickedness is all that the wicked can think about. They take pleasure in doing wrong. The proverb from this past Saturday was perfect. The verse, uh, Psalm, I mean Proverbs 4.16 reads, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. They praise those who harm others as heroes. They promote them far above all others their betters. 
David says, in your heart, referring to the heart of the wicked. That's right. As Jesus said to the Pharisees, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, right. the mouth speaketh. That's right. Amen. Whatever's in a man's heart, he will say and or perform with his hands. The wicked plan the next sin they will commit. They yearn upon it. They crave it. They crave the sensation of committing unrighteous deeds. They cannot live without sinning constantly. It is their breath and their life. Verse 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. David goes on to say in this verse that the wicked are separated from God as soon as they're born. Like Jacob and Esau, the Lord chooses the ones he will love before they've even come into the world. The Lord knows his saints, and he knows the reprobate, before they have committed any good or evil. Children start lying, as parents know, as soon as they are born. We've, as we've heard many times from our pastors, they, from our pastor, they will cry for their mother just so that she will give them attention. This is an example of the depraved nature of the human race. But at some point, the Lord grants the righteous regeneration and gives them a conscience to uh, guide them toward him. The wicked, on the other hand, are lift, left in their nature. Verses uh, 4 through 5. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. The poison of the wicked is their words, as it says in Psalm 140, verse 3. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. They harm others with what they say and plan to cut others down by their negative conversation. They're backbiters. The wicked are implacable, unreasonable, right. and stoic. Yes. Amen. They cannot hear correction or instruction. That's right. In places around the world, people uh, called snake charmers will play an instrument uh, which produces a, a tame or calm response from a snake. David compares the wicked to a serpent who doesn't follow the natural inclination of reptiles to respond to the vibrations That's produced right. by the charmer's instrument. That's right. They cannot hear correction or instruction. Now we'll move on to the second section, verses 6 through 8. In this section of the psalm, David prays to the Lord and begs him to conquer his enemies and to fight for him. Verse 6. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. David asks the Lord, Because the wicked are so evil, take away their ability to do wickedness. Like taking away a poisonous serpent's fangs would render it relatively harmless, or breaking the teeth of a young lion would uh, hinder it from hunting. Verse 7. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. He tells the Lord to make them disappear like the water of a flowing river is taken away swiftly. An archer can be a great asset to an army because of his long-range abilities, 
but when his arrows are broken, he is rendered helpless and useless. David prays for the wicked's plans to be foiled as when an archer's arrows are broken in battle. Verse 8. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Like a snail on hot concrete, which continually leaves behind a trail of slime until it eventually disappears completely, effectively killing itself, David petitions that the wicked be taken away by the fruits of their own wickedness. In Psalm 9, verses 15 through 16, the sweet psalmist of Israel glorifies the God, glorifies God, saying, The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Higion, Selah. He prays that the wicked would be taken away as soon as possible, like when a child is stillborn. The child cannot even see the light of day before it dies. He begs that the wicked would not live out their full life and that they will, not, and that they will have early trouble. Moving on to my favorite section of the chapter, verses 9 through uh, 11. In this section, this section is a prophecy of the wicked's sure and swift destruction. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The Lord will fight for his saints. Amen. He will protect his people no matter the situation. Amen. There is nothing that our God, Jehovah, the Almighty, can't do. Amen. Verse 9. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away, as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. That's right. Before your pots can feel the thorns. I remember a sermon series about the, where this verse was used quite frequently. Uh, that was the Nahum sermon series. Thorns were often used as kindling because when dried, they would burn quickly and easily. Yes. So the verse is reiterating the speed yes. of the wicked's destruction. Yes. A similar expression we use today is, it happened like that. When the wicked pick on the sons of God, the Lord is swift and decisive in his destruction of them. So much so that before the flames of a newly kindled bundle of thorns could reach up and lick the bottom of the pot over the fire, they would be taken away. He goes on to say that the wicked are, the wicked are taken away as with a whirlwind. Have you ever seen a tornado? They're hard to capture on camera doing destruction because they're so quick. Yet they cause so much destruction that sometimes the consequences take years to repair. Again, David's explaining that the wicked will be consumed very quickly. The wicked will be consumed not by natural means, but by the terrible tribulation sent by the Lord. The prophet says that the wicked are taken away while still living. Mm -hmm. They do not expect it. They will be taken away at a time they don't expect it in a terrible way. Right. Verse 10. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Yes, Lord. The righteous shall rejoice. Right. Do you think David rejoiced after one of his enemies had been destroyed by the Lord? Of course. He was willing to praise the Lord even in negative circumstances. So how much more do you think he would praise him 
when he did an exploit for him. The Lord delivers the righteous. When he does, it should trigger a response of joy, glory, and magnification of the Lord. There are examples throughout the Bible of the saints rejoicing after a great exploit done by the Lord. Think Moses and Miriam after the Egyptians drowned in the Red Sea. They were happy, and they showed it. When the Lord does an exploit for us, we should praise him with all our being and might. Praise the Lord for what he has done. Sing to him. Give him the glory due unto his name. Like the picture we see, oh, in the second part of the verse, it says, He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Like the picture we see of Jesus Christ in Revelation, the righteous will be drenched in the blood of his enemies because of the victory executed by the Lord. The victory is final and absolute when the Lord fights for us. Verse 11, So that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Verily he is a God that judgeth in the earth. Everyone who sees what the Lord has done will know it, will understand it, and will give glory to the Lord for what he has done on behalf of his, of his saints. Even the wicked will know that if nothing else is true, this one thing is certain. The righteous are rewarded by the Lord, even if they go through temptations and trials before the reward is granted to them. The Lord, he is God and he alone. There is no other God beside our God. He is incomparable and indescribable. He is great and mighty on behalf of his saints. He separates his children from the wicked and makes them his sons. He takes the wicked away by their own wickedness and makes them see the wickedness of their hands. In the last day, when we all stand before the judgment seat of the Lord of the universe, and he judges between the wicked and the righteous, we will all know, and they will all know, that the Lord fights for his saints, and that he is a perfect judge between the wicked and the righteous. They will find out that he's not just watching at a distance. He is very present and very active in the affairs of men. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.